0: Hello and welcome to the Movie Mouth Film and TV Podcast. We're back after a much-needed Thanos-like break to reflect on the unprejudiced nature of the COVID-19 snap. From here on the garden-like planet of 0259S, where we've been whiling away the days as simple farmers harvesting the Kiwano fruit under our golden armour scarecrows, And gently touching the long grass as we move silently through our reflective state awaiting imminent decapitation. On this week's show, we will have three, count them, three major watch at home movie reviews, including a film where Seth Rogen is actually pickled for 100 years, another where Shia LaBeouf actually tattooed his entire torso for a part, and a two year delayed Jamie Foxx superpower movie. What could possibly go wrong? Alongside these, we'll be discussing the latest film news, reviews, listener questions, trailer breakdowns, and have the hugely exciting James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger classic in our recurring Video Store Corner section. This is your co-host, Miles, and as ever, I am joined by a man who has seen horrors. The horror. And then I realized he was stronger than me, because I could not stand that this was not a monster. This was a man, a trained cadre. This man who fought with his heart, who has a family, who has children, who is filled with love, but he had the strength, the strength to do that. If I had 10 divisions of this man, our troubles here would be over very quickly. You have to have men who are moral and at the same time who are able to utilize their primordial instincts to kill without feeling, without passion, without judgment, without judgment, because it's judgment that defeats us. Plus. He always loves the smell of napalm in the morning. It's Phil. Hi, Phil. Hello. Good day to you, sir. Good day. How the devil?
1: I'm all right. How are you? Oh,
0: yes, yes. Good. <laughs> what have you been? Uh, what have you been watching this week? I watched a trilogy this week. Oh, Star Wars. Can you? Uh, nope. Oh. Uh, Guess again. Ooh. Um. Back to the future.
1: No, guess again. Mm. It's a later trilogy. It started in the two thousands.
0: Spider Man. No, one, two, and three. No, no. Um, Does it have something to do with a heist? (laughs) It does. Oh, oh! Are they going to take my diamonds? They're going to take my fucking diamonds! Bang on.
1: Ah. So I watched the oceans. 11, 12, and 13 trilogy. Although there's been another film since, hasn't there? There has. The lady version. Ocean's Eight. Yeah. I've not seen that. Starring Sandy Bullock. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I've not seen The Ocean. They were just on TV. Right. uh, uh, During our little break. How did they hold up?
0: I haven't seen, I must admit, I haven't seen the first one in years, but it's a. a I love the
1: first one. I remember seeing that when it came out great second one not so great still (laughs) definitely watchable but it's not so great can you remember
0: why that's not so great I will tell you exactly why because for reasons that just still escape my mind Steven Soderbergh thought it would be an, an amazing incredible um idea to to have Julia Roberts um play Julia Roberts and the character Tess throughout the movie is Basically, uh, everyone keeps coming up to her saying, hey, hey, Tess, you know who you look like? Uh, uh, (laughs) And throughout the whole movie, she's like, yeah, I know, I know. And then finally, it's revealed that Bruce Willis and Julia Roberts are coming to, I believe, is it Venice or Monaco or somewhere? They're in uh, Rome. Uh, Even even better. So in Rome to do some kind of opening of some kind of museum exhibit or something. And... uh, and so Julia Roberts goes undercover. I think they knock out the real Julia Roberts and then Julia Roberts at the test goes undercover. You just made it worse in your mind. Please tell me they knock out Julia Roberts.
1: They have nothing to do with the real <laughs> Julia Roberts. Oh, that's a shame. And they knock him out. Um... No, but it's it's a bit ridiculous. Who's I mean, who's playing?
0: Said, who's the real Bruce Willis in this movie? Is there are there two Bruce Willises? <laughs> no, it's actually. What Bruce what Willis. is the the correct term for two Bruce Willis's? Is it Willis I? Bruce Will I? Bruce Willie. <laughs> I'm going to go with Bruce Will I. I'm
1: going to go with Bruce Willie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and the third one, Ocean's Thirteen. I have vague memories. All I remember is some kind of helipad showdown with Al Pacino. <laughs>
1: Yeah, who I, is who's, who's had,
0: painted Dayglow orange in, the,
1: in <laughs> He really is. I mean, I had very vague memories of the third one. I'd definitely seen it before, but mm. I can't remember when. But yeah, it, it was good. I I liked it. Back to the casinos. Um, oh, they're all watchable. They're all they're all pretty good. There's some clever bits. There's a lot of funny bits in it. Um, I still like
0: them. What would you say is your favourite quote from the first? Ocean's Eleven movie. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) I know you just, look. you know what it is because you just set me up for it because you want to hear it, don't you? I really want to hear it. Because we always laugh about it. It's Andy Garcia when uh, he finds out he's getting robbed and he's on the phone to um, Brad Pitt. And uh, Brad Pitt's like, we're robbing you. And (laughs) Andy Garcia says something like, "I've I've got one piece of advice for you. Run, run and hide. Run. <laughs> run, run
0: and hide and hide. Run
1: I- and hide. <laughs> I say I say it to all of my enemies. Run and hide when you phone them. When I phone as, them, as yeah. they rob you, as they rob me. That's what I say.
0: Well, I mean, I, I can't really beat that. I watched uh, I watched two seasons of Ant Middleton's Channel Four show. SAS, who dares wins the celebrity oh, yeah. special where they <laughs> where they basically get celebrities to, to go through a shortened uh, SAS basic training and selection oh, course.
1: I've seen about five minutes of one of those oh, and I had to turn it off. I'm it a, featured uh,
0: Jordan and it was
1: just the yeah. most painful thing ever to fucking
0: watch. Oh, it was pretty fun because she she got thrown off a cliff, which was all <laughs> oh, right, <laughs> which was good. Um, <laughs> I say that having met her, and you know obviously she was very rude to me once so uh but other than that um i actually really love this obviously he's been in the military myself and so there's a lot of i remember a lot of good stuff about how they treat you and that kind of thing obviously i wasn't in the sas but it's uh it's kind of part part and parcel so um but i've I've been really enjoying that it's been good being back in in europe watching some stuff that i missed out on over the last couple of years uh over in over in the us so that's been Mm. that was pretty fun uh, yeah. Uh, and other than that, I've uh, nearly finished The Umbrella Academy season two, which is oh, kind I of exciting. Yeah. Oh, you need to get on that. You need to get on that. I did start season two of Happy, though, because I finished season one on
1: Netflix. Mm. Um, so... As good. I've only watched the first episode of season mm-hmm. two so far, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's just like it's the same thing, isn't it? Same dude? concept. Yeah. yeah. That's good.
0: Always good. Yeah. More bang for your buck. Indeed. So uh, let's jump to this week's listener question. This one comes in from friend of the show, Jason Kim. Hi, Miles and Phil. This week saw the release of the new Space Jam teaser where we see LeBron James wearing the new Toon Squad jersey. Yeah, I saw that. Mm. Um, didn't love the jersey. I uh, saw the photo.
1: Yeah. Oh, I quite liked it. It was the Warner Brothers, like the uh, Looney Tunes um, circle. Yeah,
0: they? but like the OG one was the white one with the, the circle yeah, like, in good. the middle. That was... Oh. Yeah. Um, anyway. Back to Jason. Uh, So this got me thinking. They have many, there've been many terrible remakes or reboots of classic movies over the last few years. What are your least favorites? And by the way, I'm going to also add best remakes to this because I think there's an an interesting point of discussion. So over Mm. to you, Philip. What would you say are your least favorite remakes or reboots?
1: Um, I'm going to list some off. Number one, Old Boy. Oh. 2013 Josh Brolin, wasn't it? Yep. Why? Why do they need to remake? Why? This? Why? The original is amazing. No need for that. Incredible. Um <laughs> Going back to our video store corner of a few weeks ago. <laughs> Point Break.
0: Yeah. Did you watch that? I I'd actually I've not watched I the remake it off after 5 minutes.
1: I've I've seen like a trailer and no. reviews of it and it looks dire yeah and it did really badly didn't it
0: yeah it also stars the star of um <laughs> the last days of american crime yeah. as Bodie. yeah not watching that i'm sorry i'm not gonna watch that
1: no never watched that mm-hmm. um and then a couple of others so hulk mm-hmm. 2000 and th- well there was hulk to the 2003 eric banner one which was awful Mm-hmm. And then they decided, well that was pretty bad, wasn't it? That that did really badly. Mm. So let's do another one in 2008 with Ed Norton. Yeah.
0: Called the Incredible, Incredible Hulk.
1: Hulk. Yeah. And it's it's a bit better, but it's still really bad.
0: Yes. Yes. Um I think, you know, that I mean those those two movies have their problems. But I think there's a lot to like. It's weird. I think there's a lot to like about the Angley Hulk. I don't, I don't know why. I just there were things about it that I really liked. Um hmm.
1: I liked some of it. I just it was just bad.
0: I liked the um
1: like the way they did the scenes in like the comic book style. Right. As the transitions and stuff was really cool. Right. Um I liked
0: as well there was the fight between him uh Eric Banner and his dad um who was played by oh
1: god, What's his name? Oh god, I can't even remember. Um
0: no, it was agent, a, amazing it? casting. Um uh Nick Nolte Oh. and they um they end up fighting like in the clouds like through a storm and you see them like like it very artistically shot and filmed I, I liked about it and it, you see them kind of fighting as the lightning strikes but you don't see them beyond that and I, I thought they, like within the clouds I thought that was really cool I love the cast I thought Jennifer Connolly was really a really was really good casting as Betty Ross yeah um, yeah the
1: casting wasn't bad Eric Banner did a pretty good job I and, just and,
0: yeah yeah, no, I, I I yeah, I agree. I, for some reason that film, there's something about it I like, but I haven't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um and then of course the uh, the Incredible Hulk um was uh from uh Louis Leterrier who directed um a ton of the, you know, like the the classic uh French kind of action movies. He also did uh, the Transporter, the first one. Oh yeah. Um, actually, I think he did Transporter Two as well, and he went on to do like Now You See Me and Clash of the Titans and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think there was a, there were a lot of issues with that. Predominantly, they, it related to I think Edward Norton again, um, kind of causing some, should we say, uh, background um, issues with the production. Um, right. He's he tends to on on productions tends to to command some form of creative control which okay. i don't think is a bad thing when when you're edward norton i think you know um you know american history x is a really good example of that you have uh the director was locked out of the final edit and the final edit the final cut of american history x was actually done by edward norton i didn't uh, know that yeah and um the film's amazing an incredible film and uh and i think something similar happened with the incredible hulk uh, and there was a real creative kind of clash on on this. Um, apparently, Louis Leterrier actually wanted Mark Ruffalo for the role of Bruce Banner originally. Who obviously the role eventually went to in the the first Marvel movie. Mm. Sorry, the first Avengers movie. Yeah. Um. And and wasn't actually up for uh, Edward Norton, who was insisted by the studio. But it would have been really interesting to have seen Edward Norton. I can't imagine seeing Edward Norton committing to all these movies in this series, you know, beyond this, this kind of Hulk universe. No. Um, but, but actually what's quite, what is quite interesting about it is that I listened to a podcast with, uh, with Edward Norton a little while ago. And actually Edward Norton is a huge incredible Hulk fan. Like he is like the number one of the world's biggest incredible Hulk fans out there in <laughs> really? the world, which was, uh, which was which was really surprising, and, and therefore he, you know, he really wanted to do a lot with the role, and sadly, obviously, it didn't it didn't work out.
1: Mm. So, what about you then? What do you think? Remake bad remakes?
0: Well, where to begin? Um, I think the the for me the big one that was uh, a real a real disaster zone um, was the Ghostbusters reboot or remake. Mm. Uh, the Paul Feig directed movie. Um, And, you know, actually, this has nothing to do with the fact it's an all-female cast. Um, Admittedly, I bloody love the original ones. And so, you know, whoever they put in this reboot, I would always struggle with. And okay, it it was a bit strange, you know, rebooting it with all women. But I completely agree with that decision. My problem with the film is that it's not funny. There is the script is awful, and yeah. the characters are awful, um, and it, it it could have been you know it could have been funny. And I don't know. I, I don't think it found an audience. It obviously it failed to to pick up an audience, um, yeah. which is bad for the franchise in general. But obviously now we have um, Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters continuation from the original yeah. movies, which is cool. I'm looking forward um, to that. But this this it felt very cynical. This Ghostbusters. It, it almost felt like um you know it almost felt like turning the nose up at the fans at the people that wanted to see this movie you know and and kind of ripping it up and trying to give it to a completely new audience again i have no issue with it being an all female cast same with the oceans 8 you know conversation as well um yeah. i think it's a great i think they're great ideas i just think that i'd love to see original um content for all female cast in 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 that way especially in the in the kind of action comedy genre yeah um, i think for
1: me it was just that it was an actual like remake it was like a it wasn't just a continuation thing it was just doing the same thing
0: again yeah i don't know i didn't like it
1: yeah I didn't like
0: it and that's you you know that's that's usually the issue with with a lot of reboots you know is that it's that it's almost done in a kind of cynical way. We just you know take the same building blocks and then you know have a different script and and add some different elements and yeah you know for that reason that didn't work. Also, RoboCop remake. Um,
1: I've still not seen that. I uh, don't know. If I, I don't know if I want to really.
0: It's it is awful with Joel Kinnam, Joel Kinnaman uh, in the role, who I think has kind of struggled in uh, you know kind of A list or headline headline roles over the last few years. Um, but you know that was a that was a, just a really bad film. Uh, ben Hur, uh, uh, Timur Bekmembetov, um, mm-hmm. you know, who directed Wanted, and um, you know some of those uh, uh, Russian vampire movies back in the day. Yeah, um, I want to say Night Watch, but Night Watch, Night Watch, is that right? Yes. Um, yeah, Night Watch. Yeah, uh, which were amazing, stylized, but just a really bizarre Ben Hur, one of the highest-grossing movies of all time, and one of the highest-rated <laughs> movies of all time. Um, so, so those I would say. Um, when we look at best, um, I think you know this is exactly what you just said. This is there's a fine line between success and failure with these reboots. For me, there there are two who I think. Um, they absolutely nailed the the remake, the reboot piece. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think probably the the best that I've seen um, would be J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, the first one.
1: Yeah, do you know what? I forgot. I didn't really think about that when I was... Um... Yeah, that was right. great. That was fantastic.
0: Yeah, and, and, and fantastic in many ways. Firstly, because they cast it really well. Yeah. Um, it looked gorgeous. It sounded gorgeous. But also... Um, the script was brilliant. So the script was yeah. written by uh, Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman, who are two, you know, real kind of trekkies, trekkers, I should say. Um and, and and what they did is they not only did they reboot and recreate, but they also tied in the original universe by creating this kind of time continuum yeah. um which, which for me it led it led to the fact that the the there's actually a continuation of the original cast the original series obviously leonard nimoy pops up at a later point as well mm-hmm. um and you know it started this whole kelvin timeline which is where of course kirk's father um uh played by chris hemsworth if you remember who's actually one of his first kind of big major oh, hollywood yeah. roles um yeah obviously dies at the beginning because um because of uh eric banner again that bastard eric <laughs> banner uh playing nero his ship obviously collides with uh with with the kelvin which is which is commanded by uh by by kirk's father so hmm. um the way they did that was absolutely genius and and obviously you know there have been some missteps since since then i really want to see a continuation of that i think it's i think i really love the cast i really love the the, the kind of uh effort the paramount put behind those those productions yeah i think that was that was great i think that's by far and away the best remake um the other one would be casino royale which i don't know mm-hmm. if that's if that's actually you know if you could actually call that a remake because of course the original casino royale was very much played for laughs yeah. um, you know so there, there there's there's that aspect to it but i i do think the way in that they kind of rebooted bond um or blonde as i should call him um you know was fantastic it took on board yeah. you know the the a lot of the development that, that the the born franchise has brought to the to this character to the to the spy genre um you know i think it lit a fire under the mission Pos- mission impossible franchise as well so yeah. so you know i think um i think daniel craig has never been better as in a bond movie i think that that is for sure the best bond movie and and uh, for for Daniel Craig, and also interestingly directed by my favourite Bond director Martin Campbell, who directed GoldenEye as well, who also right. you know he actually rebooted you know Bond before with uh, with Brosnan, of course. So yeah, um, so that those, and then finally, uh, slightly different uh, note, I would say the remake of uh, Infernal Affairs, um, oh, which departed. is Yes, and Infer- *Infernal Affairs* is a, is a fantastic movie. It's actually a fantastic trilogy. It's amazing, that um, trilogy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I mean, I saw all of them before because obviously we worked in a in a video store at the time, and we uh, we happened to watch everything. <laughs> and then I remember when *The Departed* came out, and knowing the fate of Leo's character, having watched you know uh, *Infernal Affairs* already, but yeah, it took a little bit off of it. But having rewatched *The Departed* over the years, it's it's a Fucking brilliant movie so uh yeah i, I really would say like that it. one and also tough to go from you know a foreign language movie a remake into you know into an english language movie with a hollywood budget you know we saw that also with um uh, vanilla sky with tom cruise another film that's also mm-hmm. remade that i love people generally tend to hate but I absolutely love so that's what i'd say for my favorites how about you i've got uh well going
1: back to oceans 11 i think that's a pretty a pretty good remake mm-hmm is the true um, story? Yeah, nineteen sixty. Sinatra, Davis Junior, Dean Martin, Caesar M- Romero's in that as well. What a cast! That
0: oh. um, did he have? Think, did he have white face paint over his moustache? I hope so. <laughs> <Like> the Joker <laughs> in the sixties uh, Batman series.
1: Um, what else have I got? I uh, True Grit. I thought it was great. I yep. really enjoyed True yep. Grit.
0: Yeah, great um, shout, the Coens.
1: Yeah. Uh, and obviously A true uh, grit. It's true <laughs> grit with me, Jeff Bridges. A Why does Jeff, Jeff Bridges, Bridges always sound like he's he's got a mouthful of something? It's like, like cotton wool in my mouth. Yeah, it sounds like he got a mouthful of cotton wool or something, isn't it? Right, cotton wool wa- sugar water <laughs> <laughs> Give me wow. some of that
0: sugar water <laughs> I said don't do that.
1: Don't do that.
0: That's Men in Black. That's uh, Vincent D'Onofrio from <laughs> yeah. Men in Black. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not remake.
1: And then I think we, again, we discussed this a few weeks ago, but Dread, the 2012 Carl Urban um, mm-hmm. Dread mm-hmm. being the remake of the- Drop Dead Fred. Well, not a remake, sort of just like a re- <laughs> reimagining of the awful Stallone 90s. Yeah. Dread. Um, and I loved that.
0: The um, the Rob Schneider starring Judge Dredd. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> I'm just going to gloss over it. But yeah. yeah,
1: so is that. And then I think one of the best is um, The Thing.
0: Oh, not the remake of the remake of the remake. No, no. no. Like the
1: Kurt Russell, 1982, oh, John Carpenter's The, the, the Thing, Carpenter which the is thing. an absolutely phenomenal yeah. horror yeah. Yeah. film. yeah. Uh, it's a remake of The Thing from Another World from 1951. Nice. So based on, I think. So I think that's that's uh that's pretty high up there. because uh, that film is fantastic.
0: Oh speaking of a film like that, Scarface, also a remake. Yeah. Of an old 1930s gangster pic, see? Yeah, sh- you got Scarface, see, you had octopus coming out of my f- I had octopus coming out of my fucking ears in Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh yeah so there we go I think that's a good list great list if you haven't seen any of those check them out i mean not ghostbusters re- or robocop remakes not the bad ones but definitely casino royale star trek the departed true, uh, grit. true grit amazing dread freaking amazing um the thing if you haven't seen the thing um john carpenter's the thing you need to get on that it's absolutely incredible yeah um what a movie don't watch the remake if you if you find there there's actually another remake of that so don't watch that sure. watch the the uh the the carpenter thing so thanks again for that question keep those questions coming on in we love answering them we love thinking about them uh we're going to jump into the news section right now and actually I'm going to segue from the remake reboot straight into news and this is the news that kevin hart And Will Smith. No,
1: I know what you're going to say.
0: (gasps) Oh, Oh. Jesus. Will star in the Planes, Trains, and Automobiles remake from Brooklyn Nine-Nine writer Ayesha Carr.
1: (sighs) Oh, God.
0: (gasps) My heart. Don't do it. Don't do it. Stop it, Daddy. (laughs) Um, John Candy (laughs) would not agree. So, you know, on this one, um, there's no news yet on who is playing Del Griffith, of course, played by the amazing John Candy or the uptight Neil. But the uh, kind of current consensus is is that Will Smith will play the Del Griffith character and Kevin Hart will play the more uptight character, which is interesting. Mm. Um, It's an interesting spin. But um, nonetheless, do we need it? Does it need to happen? No. No. I mean no not in any way shape or form does it need to happen just make another road trip movie with yeah. these two amazing actors with this amazing you know writer and do not sally the name of that great film exactly um we already had that with due date with zach galifianakis and uh, robert downey jr which was kind of the same kind of the same vibe mm. um so we we definitely we definitely don't need that mm-hmm. um Also, uh, some news coming out of the Spider-Verse, which is obviously kind of Sony's way of kind of breaking out this into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man universe, um, that Olivia Wilde, the actress from uh, or actor from Tron Tron Legacy and many other movies, is actually directing um, an unnamed Spider-Verse movie for Sony. Um, She's just signed on. She directed the excellent coming of age uh, high school comedy uh, Booksmart a year or so ago. Uh, which was very well applauded. Uh, unfortunately, was very little seen. But you mm. can see that in the US, you can see that on Hulu. In in Europe, I guess you can find that somewhere. That's that's really worth a watch. So, great news for her picking up a, a big um, a big franchise like uh, like Spider Man with a Spider Verse movie, whatever that means, whether it's animated or whether it's going to be uh, a real world movie, we don't know. Um, there is there's also big news at Netflix uh, with the Night Manager breakout star Elizabeth Debicki, who's just signed on to play Princess Diana in seasons five and six, which I think is phenomenal casting because not only does she have that kind of regal, you know, very, very straight postured, you know, upright look about her, but she also has a very similar, um, facial features and look to Princess Diana. So, um, I think that's going to be, that's going to be great casting. They've, they've nailed the casting really in, in, in the crown um so far um and that will be seasons five and six which you know they're still they're still working on season four which is coming out later this year um but season five and six is also announced that Amelda Staunton will be playing Queen Elizabeth II oh
1: that's right I read that yeah
0: yeah um and she's always great and Jonathan Price will be playing Prince Philip <laughs> bloody what um hither and dither and blither uh I don't know, Lizzie or bloody Africa or something, I where we are. Um, so <laughs> that could be an interesting one. Um, definitely looking forward to that. I don't think season five and six is going to air before 2022 with the current uh, COVID issues that are uh, stopping a lot of productions at the moment. Yeah, So we might not see that for, for some while yet. Um, before we come on to the trailers, Phil, have you picked up anything, any other news with your Phil-like radar
1: with my little radar, uh, only a couple of little bits. So, um, Lawrence Fishburne said in an interview that he he wasn't invited back to reprise his role as Morpheus in Matrix sure. Four.
0: They gave him the red pill. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they were
1: like, "Have that. You're not coming back. You take the red Which pill." Which is a shame because you go Keanu back to your and, life. <laughs> Keanu Reeves and Carrie Carrie Anne Moss are on board, so it's a shame, I think. You know, if they're going to, but they're
0: both fucking dead. I think Morpheus was the only one that was alive at the end of the last one, wasn't he? (laughs) Well, you know. It was just Morpheus and a load of people dancing in a cave. That's all I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Anything
1: can happen in the Matrix. Uh, Yeah, but that's. um, So that's a bit. I don't know. Some people might think that's a good idea. I I mean,
0: did did Neo die because his heart was still. There was still fire. There was still light there, wasn't there, when the machines took him away? Oh, it doesn't matter. Do you remember?
1: It's, it's, It's Hollywood. I it's like it when been... Harold Bishop came back into Neighbours. Do you remember
0: that? Harold! Harold! <laughs> Hello, Madge. How are you doing? Oh,
1: Madge. Oh, do I've
0: been work. fucking Lou Carpenter for the last 10 fucking years.
1: <laughs> I got washed out to sea and I have came back.
0: I remember being absolutely harrowed by that as a kid. I remember seeing Harold's... Harrowed, harrowed by Harold. I remember seeing Harold's glasses wash up on the beach. <laughs> <You> remember that? <laughs>
1: It's like Harold, man, no. man.
0: I'm being uh, washed out to sleep. Harold.
1: Do you know though? Right, sorry. Little, very slight, quick segue. Do you know that there is a um a really, really low budget horror film uh, that a friend of mine has, and we watched it a few years ago, and <laughs> it's got Harold Bishop in it. This is sort of like during Neighbors' time, I think. What? I think it's like early '90s, and uh, it's really funny because he's he this- a psycho. Yeah, he's like a sort of <laughs> psycho. He's like a scientist guy, and he actually swears in it. And I remember laughing so much because it was Harold Bishop, like the uh, Salvation Army do-goody two-shoes Harold Bishop. Question, in it.
0: question, question. Is it called Bash the Bishop?
1: <laughs> it should be, uh, but it's not. I can't I can't remember what it's called. That's really annoying me. But I remember him saying, fuck the cops, when the cops were on him. A- Fuck He actually swears. Yeah. I was like, oh Harold.
0: Harold, no. Um you're, you're supposed to be in the it wasn't he in the um Salvation Army. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh imagine so I'm gonna go up the Shelly Army tonight and play my trombone or whatever was, Whatever he played. <laughs>
1: it was a tuba. That's right. Of course. Of anyway, course. sorry, segue off of Matrix Four to Harold Bishop. Um Matrix Four is gonna be released. April the 1st, 2022. Ooh, And in another release date that I've got, uh, Bill and Ted, the new Bill and Ted Face the Music. Wild actually. Stallions. <laughs> Which I, I'm really looking forward to that. it's, yeah.
0: it's um, New trailer actually, so much better. Looks so much better than yeah. the original trailer. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and that's due for release in the UK on September the 23rd this mm-hmm. year. And on video on demand in the US on August the 28th. Cool. It's actually not long at all, is it? Cool. No, we're going to be days. watching that. Yeah, 8 yeah.
0: days. Oh, we will be reviewing that. We'll probably be reviewing that next week.
1: Yeah. Incredible.
0: <gasps> Exciting.
1: Um that's all the news I have.
0: Damn news there. Yeah, trailer-wise, I saw The Death on the Nile trailer, which is the the kind of sequel or the follow-up to um the uh the Murder on the Orient Express, which was both of which directed by Ken Branagh. Also starring Ken Branagh as Hercule Poirot and has been a murderer. This has a great ensemble, um, just like Murder on the Orient Express, with the lead seemingly being taken by Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gadot. Uh, Army Hammer's in there, Annette Benning, Letitia Wright, of course, from Black Panther, who's absolutely amazing in that, uh, Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders, and the amazing Emma Mackey from Netflix's Sex Education um getting a kind of major motion picture role here which is awesome to see um, movie looks fun uh, trailer doesn't give much away but you know this is a film that's been made i think three or four times over um, but you know it looks looks fun there's plenty of kind of gatsby like jazz and champagne and we're all having a jolly good time <laughs> uh <laughs> type type affair but looking forward to it um looks looks pretty good um, i also picked up today on the brand new trailer um, that debuted for the Sofia Coppola co- comedy, uh, On the Rocks. Obviously, Sofia Coppola directing uh, Lost in Translation, uh, mm. Marie Antoinette, and among many others. Um, here, starring Bill Murray and Rashida Jones. And this is uh, basically about a young New York mother who's faced with sudden doubts about her marriage to Marlon Wyans in a really interesting kind of indie comedy role, which is cool to see. Um, So she teams up uh, with her larger-than-life playboy father, played by, of course, the amazing Bill Murray, um, to kind of follow her husband and figure out whether or not he is uh, cheating on her. Um, it looks like a really kind of a bittersweet comedy about relationships, um, fun, maybe slight kind of indie laughs aplenty. Um, the trailer looks good, looks fun, looks light, breezy, great music. Uh, they also released the the theme song written by Phoenix. Of course, Sofia Coppola's husband is the lead singer, Thomas Mars. Oh. Um, so that was that's awesome. And that is going to debut on uh, Apple TV Plus and Cinemas sometime in October. So it will be available on both, seemingly, depending on, I guess, your location. So looking forward to that one.
1: Yeah, I saw, I saw the trailer for that. I thought it looked good. Um, I saw a couple, uh, a couple of comedies, actually, I picked up on one actually comes out this month on the 28th as well. Uh, It's called Get Duked. And this is a, it's a, it looks a bit mental. It's a, it's a black comedy, which is about sort of four, um, four city youths that are on a, I think they're on obviously the Duke of Edinburgh award or whatever it is from, uh, in schools over here in the UK. Well, not schools, is it? You just you do the Duke of Edinburgh Award, don't you? Which is like an outdoors thing. I don't even know what it is, really. Yep. To be honest. I never did it. <laughs> but, um, you don't go outdoors. I, I just sit here and watch f- film trailers. Um, it, yeah, so they're out in Scotland and they then start getting hunted by this uh, crazy huntsman called... Uh, actually, I don't know what his name is, but he's played by Eddie Izzard. It just looks mental. Watch the trailer; like they take—I don't know if they eat some berries or eat some goat crap or something—but it sends them all on like some massive trip. I've oh, been all. there. Fucking it, goat crap. Always does <laughs> it to me. Every time I eat
0: goat's crap,
1: <laughs> and it, it looks crazy, but it looks pretty, pretty funny. Um, so that's coming out on Amazon Prime on the twenty-eighth.
0: Cool. And what's that See called again? That it's again? called Get Duked. Get Duked.
1: Yeah. Get juked. So yeah, that looks, that looks pretty funny. Okay. Different. And then the other one I saw was um for the war with grandpa.
0: Oh yeah. I saw this. Have you seen this? Oh. And,
1: you, it, and I think it looks, it's a typical sort of family comedy, isn't it? And it looks a bit like a cross between, it's like a cross between national lampoons and um, home alone from what it, it, it looks at. Like. So it's, it stars Robert De Niro. Actually, it's got really good cast. It's Robert De Niro plays the grandpa. You've got Uma Thurman, Christopher Walken, and Jane Seymour in it as well. Um, and it's about uh, a grandpa that has to move in with his uh, his family, and he takes his grandson's bedroom, which his grandson isn't very happy about at all. <laughs> um, so- Does he say,
0: I have nipples, grandson. Can you milk me? <laughs>
1: So uh, yeah, basically they go on like a a pranking war to try and get the grandpa out, but the grandpa teams up with some of his old friends. Oh my god! And uh, it looks it looks entertaining enough. It looks pretty good. I don't know. Really? Do you think not? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I know it's De Niro, and I tell you what's
0: weird when you when you come back to Europe and you start watching TV commercials you start seeing commercials that they don't have in the U S because a lot of these big name actors, for example, like George Clooney used to be in all the Nespresso commercials. Yeah. He wasn't in the Nespresso commercials in the U S until years and years after that, after we used to see him. And it's almost like they don't want, he doesn't want to be seen as a sellout or something. De Niro is in these Kia uh, Niro commercials, which is so weird because oh, they're
1: awful. They're awful as well. Right. Yeah,
0: Yeah. You said, you're looking for a trendy De Niro. He's like, no, it says the new trendy Nero from Kia. It's a car. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's and Dinero's there in like a, he's De Niro's there like mugging himself off in like a, a woolen hat and a pair of braces.
1: I mean, I, I really don't get it with these guys. I just saw um, a ju- an advert for Just Eat, the home delivery like uh, food service. And right? Snip oh, dog Snoop Doggy it. Dog. Who, who? Why? Why does he need the money to do that? Don't know. Why does De Niro need the money for a key advert? Why Never. does George Clooney need to sell coffee machines? Well,
0: I mean, De Niro's going through a very high-profile divorce at the moment, so. Well, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah. But
1: speaking of that, War well, with Grandpa, it's good to see Uma Thurman back because uh, I haven't oh. seen her in anything. For oh, a she's while. in it. Yes, yeah, she plays friend his daughter. of
0: the show Uma Thurman.
1: <laughs> yeah, she plays uh, De Niro's daughter. Cool. Okay. Uh, it's getting better. Christopher Walken's in it as well. It looks good. It looks like it could be funny. Too much.
0: Okay, that was the film trailer and news section. Let's jump into reviews, and we've got a lot to catch up on due to our extended summer hiatus. So I'll get things kicked off um, with The Tax Collector, which is the David Ayer movie uh, starring Barry Soto and Shia LaBeouf as Mexican cartel tax collectors, basically two shadowy enforcers who we follow around modern-day L.A., as they skim the cream off the takings of local gangs until a bold move of power from a rival cartel boss sets up a cat-and-mouse game of vengeance and brutality in the streets. Those who are new to Ayer's process of writing and directing a one-for-me, one-for-the-studio style Um, He seemingly kind of moves from one big-budget studio pick, such as a Netflix's Bright, Training Day, End of Watch, or DC's Suicide Squad, to a down-and-downright-dirty, independently-produced crime movie set on America's Pacific West Coast. See Harsh Time, Street King, Sabotage. Um, And you'll find little new of note here. His typical format of two guys cruising the streets of LA in a vehicle, getting into hijinks, always feels real and creates true camaraderie between his cast. Um, See Fury and the the behind-the-scenes bromance that was built amongst the cast there. And here is no exception. But where this falters is with its script, which admittedly takes too long to get going. This is almost 45 minutes in before anything of any note happens. And we're simply going along for the ride, which feels more like hard work than a pleasure to watch. I don't really want to be at work collecting taxes for the cartel. And it's kind of just going through that whole process was a little bit boring. Secondly, this is let down by the somewhat lightweight lead performance of Barry Soto's David, the heir to the throne apparent of the cartel. As yet, not earning his stripes as a tough as nails cartel enforcer, and neither does Barry, our lead. Where the script calls for real emotion, and believe me, he goes through fucking hell we see very one-note performances and the cracks start to show, especially when he's tag-teamed on screen with the excellent Shia LaBeouf as Creeper. Um, Great name. name. What a name. Here, at his most LaBeoufness, all intensity and teary-eye-filled malevolent rage, he's a credit to this picture and simply does not deserve the call-outs that many critics have aimed at him for this movie and its performance. Sadly, Um, we never really see what Creeper is capable of. There's a lot of bravado and and kind of background to this character. Um, And with the the character now receiving one of the most anti-climatic send-offs not seen since Jack Torrance dug his axe into his son's shining saviour, having just arrived at the Overlook Hotel. (laughs) Um, One element I do want to praise this movie for is the soundtrack and the cinematography, all of which gives this movie a lot of presence. And also for Barry Soto trying to be his most menacing um, by bringing us the immortal line I've seen motherfuckers skinned alive dipped in acid with their arms and legs chainsawed off rolling around like a seal pup crying for mama (laughs) their arms and legs chainsawed off rolling around like a seal pup
1: (laughs) dipped in acid I mean fucking hell
0: I, I laughed at that moment. Um, I bet. I would have laughed. At that moment, I, as we do when we review these things, I had to pause, write down the note, copy the, <laughs> the dialogue, and laughed again. Um, there was a lot to like in the trailer, and when the bullets start flying, this could be a fun watch with a strong performance from Shia LaBeouf. Sadly, it's an extremely unbalanced film, and with the right central performer and a better script – this could have been a recommendation, but sadly, it's another one of Ayer's one for me movies, which never quite gets to a point of being neither strong or rewatchable. So this is a miss from the Movie Mouth podcast. Coming up next, Phil, you sat down to watch Project Power. What's this one all about? I did. So this is the um,
1: the new, well, i say new. I think it was actually filmed about two years ago and finished. <laughs> uh, and they've only just always a good
0: it. sign. Always a good sign. <laughs> it's been in the can for two years. When should we finally release this? I know oh, when there's a global pandemic.
1: Just do it now. Yeah. So yeah, it's new to Netflix. Uh, it's released on uh, what was it? Friday, the fourteenth of August. Um, and it's set in New Orleans. It centers around a uh, character, Robin, uh, played by Dominique Fishback. And she plays a streetwise reluctant dealer of a new drug pushed in the form of a pill, uh, which grants the taker of it a random superpower that lasts for five minutes. And that five minutes does seem very exact as well <laughs> in the film. Um, yeah. It also stars Jamie Fox. He does a great job, I think, playing the major, um, a distraught ex-soldier trying to find his kidnapped daughter. And also stars uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And he does a good job playing Frank, a slightly unhinged New Orleans cop Mm. who wants to track down the people responsible for the creation uh, of the drug. I think the film has a lot of potential. And I was really excited when I saw the trailer. Um, But I think it's, it's let down by a bit of a generic story. It's just and the script's not great. I just found myself wanting to see a bit more. It's got a lot of action in it, but it didn't go where I thought it was going to. I, I, th- I thought you were going to see a lot more of the people taking the pill and the different powers that could be involved and uh, yeah, it just didn't go where I was expecting it to go. Mm. Um, which isn't always a bad thing. I just think, you know, it, it just it had a lot of potential wasn't there. It, it but it does have, I think what does save it is some really good performances. Um, standout being Dominique Fishback. I think she's really good in it. Um, the special effects also look great. There's some really good set pieces and slow mo action scenes um, that are all really good. And when you do see the people taking the the pill, there's yeah, there's some really good special effects. I won't go into them um, just because of spoilers and stuff. But there's one scene in particular I really liked, which. Um, it's a scene around a glass chamber basically you'll find out why when you watch it mm. but i really loved that scene the way it was filmed from inside the chamber while the action was going on the outside and the sort of camera panning around and you're getting little snippets of action through the glass and it, i really really enjoyed that i thought that was a great um cinematography part um it's also it's got a good pace to the film it never felt sluggish it's it runs just under two hours i think but that felt about right for what it was mm. um so yeah i mean in essence i think it promised a lot more than it delivered um but i still found it enjoyable uh i don't think it's a film that's gonna be remembered for long uh, if it was out at cinemas at the moment it'd be that kind of watch and forget type you know go there on a saturday afternoon and watch your film and then you, you've seen it um but with the slowing down of the industry due to the pandemic and everything i think it's good to see something of, you know this sort of high budget because i think it had a budget of about 85 million mm-hmm. um yeah so it's good to see something of this caliber come into netflix to watch at home so i, I recommend it as a watch it's not fantastic but I, I do recommend it i think i thought it was enjoyable i think i enjoyed it a lot more than you did
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i was i was definitely less positive on this one um 85 million budget is that is yeah that, is that true
1: I think so. Wow! Apparently,
0: this film looked like shit. It looked like it had been <laughs> filmed so. on someone's like home camcorder. The the cinematography was awful, and I watched this. I bought I bought a new projector, and I watched this at 150 inches, blown up, and it looked terrible. Really, really bad. I it it completely took me out of it. How bad the cinematography was on this? It was the camera was all over the shop. Um, it was hard to really get a grip on, on what was going on. Ca- you know, characters were popping up left, right and center. The dialogue was toilet. Um, there was a scene where Joseph Gordon Levitt almost turns to the camera and, and someone asks him why he's, you know, why he's so dedicated. And he's like, it's my city. I died for my city or something like that. And it was, just, Oh my God. Um, yeah, that was pretty bad. There there's also, there's also a, uh, uh, veteran veterinarian based rap scene in the middle of all of the chasing and action that's going on for no apparent reason um that just left me just completely left my chin on the floor. Like what, what is why what's happening here? Jamie Foxx turns to Dominique Fishback, who's good in this by the way. And her, and her rapping is clearly amazing, but I don't really need to see in the middle of a tense, you know, chase movie um, one character turn to another and give them a word to rhyme in order to create a rap. In order to give her, you know, the power to uh, to be self empowered and, and moving mm. forward with her um, uh, with with her rap career. Um, it just felt really out of place and you know uh, just cliche and, and and awful. And then you know you are absolutely right. You know when it comes to the the, um, the the premise, it could have been this could have been really good. It could have been a lot better. Yeah. Um, you know, it reminded me of a lot of, a lot of movies that have, have kind of, you know, kind of come out and, and almost touched the kind of superhero genre, um, but failed, you know, Hancock is another one the Will Smith movie. Yeah. Kind of reminded me a bit of that. Um, and you know, and, and then, you know, the background on, on this power itself. And I'm going to, I'm going to give a little spoiler and, you know, feel free to skip ahead if, by like 30 seconds or whatever on your podcast player, but this isn't a huge spoiler. It's a very small one. But <laughs> this this pill, the powers from this pill come from animals from all over the world. And some people, for example, can, for no apparent reason, set themselves on fire or become bulletproof or whatever. Um, we go through this whole movie trying to figure out, like, without knowing, and I'm not going to tell you what his power actually is, what it actually does, but we go through this whole movie without knowing what this pill will do to Jamie Foxx if he takes it. Hmm. There's a scene where he explains to a someone that's kind of um, arrested him and tied him up um, what animal it comes from. And do you remember the animal that his power comes from?
1: <laughs> I'm going to let you tell her.
0: Jamie Foxx's power in this comes from a shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And it's not played for laughs. He's like... You ever hear of the pistol shrimp?
1: <laughs> oh. This guy
0: like this guy like uncuffs him. He's like, no fucking way a pistol shrimp.
1: Oh no. I expected
0: fucking, expect fucking Bubba to walk in and go rap fried shrimp, ras and shrimp, <laughs> eggs and shrimp, shrimp potatoes, pistol shrimp. <laughs> uh, oh, a shrimp, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it should have been. It should have been called <laughs> Prawn Power, not Project Power. Shrimp Man. Yeah, just Prawn Power. Um, shrimp <laughs> Project Power colon Shrimp Man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, do you know I what? Well, my, it.
1: Yeah. Well, I get that. <laughs> I think. Yeah, you definitely hate it more than I do. But my wife had a good comment because we watched it together, and at the end of it, she was like, "Really felt like someone was watching." Terminator a lot when they wrote this because when you think about it, right? Jamie Foxx sort of looks after Dominique Fishback being the kid, and he's pretty badass in it, isn't
0: he?
1: Mm. Um, So it's got that sort of
0: you know, is he though? Because like they all rely on Dominique Fishback, like this hard police officer, and this like the major, whoever he is, wherever he comes from, the military. yeah, I mean, <laughs> spoiler alert. But like all of the all of the all of them primary cast, like these people that are all super capable and have super fucking powers, for some reason they all rely on this 16-year-old fucking rapper. Like <laughs> for no apparent reason. I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't even know why. I think, well, uh, you got to yeah. come with us. You got to you got to we got to go uh, infiltrate this dockyard and you got to you got to be my eyes. You can why
1: me out of any situation. Oh.
0: But yeah, sorry, it, sorry. It
1: felt like that because of Terminator, and also she gave a good point because at one point, again, a slight spoiler. It, I don't think it really matters, but uh, she patches him up in a vet's uh, surgery, yeah, which happens in
0: was it Terminator Three? I, I blocked Terminator Three out of my fucking oh, okay. memory. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, Claire Danes is a, a is a vet, and uh, yeah, she is. That's right. She patches up John yeah.
1: Connor in a, in a vet's surgery. That's right.
0: So there's a couple of little comparisons there. Weird. Maybe that's why they waited. Maybe they didn't want it to come out at the same time as the uh, the last Terminator Dark Fate movie. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, let's get off of that. You tell us about um, a pickled Seth Rogen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not even joking. So an American pickle is sees Seth Rogen head up this new HBO Max original movie. It's based on a New Yorker article written by SNL alumnus Simon Rich, who also had some involvement in the writing of the Pixar movie Inside Out. Here, he also delivers the screenplay um, where a burly, hard-working 30-something named Herschel Greenbaum from the Eastern European country of Schlupsk falls into a pickle vat and is seemingly brined for 100 years before waking up in modern-day Brooklyn and finding his unmotivated, spineless, great-great-grandson, Ben also played by Seth Rogen. This kind of feels like a Seth Rogen comedy, uh, but with fewer jokes. Um, it kind of starts to veer towards a liberal political message about freedom of speech and political correctness, neither of which did I was I really on board with because it, it kind of didn't fit the tone. Um, the tone of which was very cold and kind of winter set, which didn't really do much to move this into a kind of bright and breezy comedy territory. Um, I really wanted a kind of fun Encino Man, or in the UK California Man, as it was called, uh, type of movie where the two Greenbound men actually help each other to become better people, um, kind of more comfortable in in their own skin. You know, both of which they have their own you know faults as they kind of move move forward. So um, instead, the script kind of alienates uh, the two characters, um, which. I- it's really weird because it kind of sets up a a rivalry, which doesn't really work for me. It only makes both of the characters appear kind of more ignorant um, and uh, which is and, and kind of self obsessed, which is kind of a shame because you want Seth Rogen to be to be kind of likable. Um, yeah. Key moments I enjoyed here uh, were some of the more kind of New York in jokes. Into the kind of culture of New York um, and the score with themes composed by the always amazing Michael Giacchino, um, which has a very, uh, like most of his work, um, John Williams kind of undertone to the score. It's a really rich, um, almost kind of Star Wars-y like um, score, which was really surprising. And I remember listening to it thinking, is this John Williams? And then it <laughs> came up Michael Giacchino at the end. And I was kind of, yeah, not surprised because it's uh, that's kind of his, his calling card these days. Um The minor laughs uh, to be had here are probably for the very New York setting, and there'll be smaller sides and observations that will make New Yorkers chuckle, such as the foibles of Williamsburg, Brooklynite elitism, elitism, uh, driving um, Herschel Greenbaum's pickle business into an Instagram sensation on Bedford Avenue. However, for this reason, an American pickle was perhaps best suited as an article over a few pages in a locally relevant magazine where those in the know could smirk and chin stroke as they board the uptown L train at 7.30 a.m. But as a movie, sadly for me, this is a miss. So, coming up next, Phil, what do we have in Video Store Corner this week?
1: For this Video Store Corner, we have the 1994 classic, True Lies.
0: Jaina, jump down!
1: Come on, <laughs> jump down! Get down! <laughs>
0: Never has Arnie said "get down" oh, or the word so "down" in...
1: that just that, just in that
0: scene. <laughs> yeah. Get down! Get, get down! He I screams like at everyone mind. to get, down. Get, get down. down! get down! Even the helicopter scene. Yeah, yeah. What's this one about, Phil? If you haven't seen this, Phil's going to give you the rundown.
1: I'm going to give you a quick synopsis. Then, all right, okay. So, a fearless uh, globe trotting terrorist battling secret agent has his life turned upside down when he discovers his wife might be having an affair with a used car salesman while terrorists struggle, struggle, smuggle (laughs) nuclear warheads into the United States.
0: There you go. (laughs) Smuggle and struggle.
1: Smuggle, struggle,
0: smuggle. (laughs) Oh, Primary cast. Who is the primary cast here we in have, this movie? Uh,
1: we have Arnie, of course, playing Harry Tasker.
0: By the way, just for people in the US, um, in in the UK, we call Arnold Schwarzenegger Arnie, which you don't, and it's because for some reason in like the tabloids in the UK years ago, we called him we called him Arnie. So we will refer to him as Arnie. You call him Arnold, but we will be calling him Arnie for the remainder of this podcast and possibly the rest of our lives. <laughs>
1: uh yeah so arnie arnold or however you want to say it arnold schwarzenegger play the lead uh jamie D. curtis plays his wife tom arnold plays his uh well i can do we do we find out what where they were like, who they work for we don't do they, they just yeah, work for the, the
0: government no no it's the omega agency
1: oh that's it yeah so yeah tom arnold's is like partner basically yeah. Yeah, Gib. Um, Yeah, and we have Art Malik who plays the the main terrorist,
0: as seen on uh, BBC's Holby City. (laughs) Holby
1: City. (laughs) It's so weird as
0: as an anaesthetist. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and the cast is it's great.
0: Oh, Bill Paxton as Simon, the uh, the used car salesman pretending to be a secret agent who lures Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife Helen. Um, and gives her a bit of excitement that she's been looking for because obviously she believes that uh harry her husband is a some kind of salesman of some kind like maybe like a photocopy salesman or something um so he's always away for business on sales conferences and stuff yeah. but actually he's a spy and she's looking for more um kind of fun and excitement in her life and in her marriage have been married for a long time 17 years and uh, and so she kind of kind of falls for uh simon bill paxton who is absolutely incredible in this movie. <laughs> he is good. Oh god, I'm pathetic. I got a tiny dick. I
1: mean, <laughs> he, just, he plays like he
0: just plays <laughs> Pill
1: Paxton. It's amazing. It's the like-
0: moment when he says I have a tiny dick and then pisses himself at the same time. <laughs> it's <just> amazing. <laughs> it's pathetic. It's tiny. <laughs> and then he pisses himself. Um, uh, Tia Carrera as Juno, the the villain of the piece alongside Art Malik. Yeah. Um She's great in this. Loved her in in, in the Wayne's World movies as well. Yeah, um, she comes across really well. Uh, Elijah Dushku as Dana, um, the daughter of uh, of Harry and uh, and Helen, and uh, Grant Hesloff, who is Faisal, the other guy in the van, who I think is also amazing in this. He was in <laughs> a ton of stuff, but he he actually went on to become an Oscar winner. Um, he works actually. He he works with. Uh, George Clooney. He does all of George Clooney, produces a lot of George Clooney's movies. Okay. Um, He also went on to produce uh, Argo and won the Oscar. Oh. So uh, for best movie. Um, And then, of course, uh, the one and only Charlton Heston as Spencer Trilby. (laughs) (laughs) Spencer Trilby. So there are two cast members of uh, Wayne's World in this.
1: Yeah. And yeah, they are. Although they both never share the screen at the same time in both films.
0: No, I think we only see Charlton Heston like once or twice. Yeah, Gordon Street. I once knew a girl on Gordon Street. (laughs) Um, So that's your primary cast. I mean, that's an incredible cast, isn't it? Yeah. According to be mentioned,
1: directed by James Cameron. We haven't yet
0: directed by James Fucking Cameron, and that is officially his middle name, by the way. Fucking, if you didn't know that. yeah uh, i mean expertly directed as well oh, this yeah. is this movie looks like it was made 5 years ago yeah it, it it genuinely looks it's faultless
1: it's action movie making at its finest
0: yeah yeah and Without a doubt. nice kind of like taut storyline as in not an epic story for him no. you know he he's he's used to he has very expansive filmmaking he he can take a property and he can expand that into a franchise. We saw it with Aliens. We saw it with, you know, off the back of Alien coming into Aliens and expanding it. We saw it with Terminator into Terminator Two: Judgment Day, the greatest sequel of all time. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw it with we see it with Avatar, um, Titanic taking a uh, you know a simple disaster story and blowing that into uh, <laughs> quote unquote from the movie poster the greatest romance of all time. Um, you know, this is an an unusual James Cameron movie because it's very taut you know it's not going for a franchise it's not you know expanding anything it's just telling no, it's a story no it's just
1: what it is it's just a great action film and it's mm. just it's got the right mix of um amazing set pieces amazing stunts action uh, comedy and a bit of you know a little bit more heartfelt stuff as well yeah i think it's yeah. it's just got the it's perfect I think
0: I, I, one thing I didn't know is in kind of doing some of the background research on this is that this was actually based on a French movie. It was called La Totale. Yeah. We could have put that in
1: the remakes at the beginning. We
0: (laughs) bloody well could have done (laughs) who all got um, credit order on this movie as well. They got the three writers of that movie. Um, Apparently Arnold saw this movie, his brother-in-law at the time um, showed him it in a hotel and Arnold loved it so much that he took it to Jim Cameron, and and he was like, "Jim, we got to make the
1: movie. Got I to got do to shot. Get down.
0: Um, <laughs> I want to fly in a jet. I want to fly the Harrier jump jet." <laughs> um, so you know, there was there was that. I think the cast, like for me, the the level of filmmaking, the script, and I read about the script. Apparently, the script James Cameron wanted more jokes in there, and he 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 got like six or seven writers to add in a ton of jokes, got the script back, looked at it, decided that it wasn't funny still. And then rewrote the entire script Yeah, and included only two of those jokes into <laughs> the movie. Um, so, you know, this is, uh, this is, I think it's such a good film. It's one of my favorites actually in the nineties when I was a kid, I loved this film so much. Yeah. And since then it's disappeared, hasn't it? You haven't really seen it on TV. It, it, it actually, it debuted on DVD, but it never came to Blu-ray. It's not um, out on Blu-ray. No, <laughs> true story. And neither is the Abyss. Yeah, apparently Cameron is also, alongside making like five Avatar sequels or whatever, four Avatar sequels. He's also um, making. Uh, he's also going through the the restoration process for the for those two movies. Um, they
1: need to. I mean, why isn't it? Why hasn't it come out on?
0: <laughs> because he oversees. He wants to oversee everything, and you know, in it's, between. This is like, like nineteen ninety-four the record deep sea dive to the bottom of the Mariana's trench to making avatar he's got other and, things to do. Isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's a, he's absolutely control freak and, you know, for the right reasons, but so yeah. I think it's going to be a long time till that happens. Do you know
1: what made me laugh though? When, when I told you I was watching this and then we decided that we, we should use it as, um, what we were oh, going to watch in video yeah. store corner. I said to you, guess what I'm watching. And I, I was actually like really, really impressed. I sent Miles a picture, and it, this could have been from any action film, but it was just a picture of a helicopter over like a c- compound. Uh, no characters on screen, just a faraway shot of a helicopter over a compound. And I said to Miles, guess what I'm watching? And he immediately said, <laughs> true lies.
0: No, what What did I immediately say? <laughs> well,
1: well, you said, better as <laughs> is. <laughs>
0: Which is, one best,
1: which is one of the best bits of the film.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Can we that talk about that? Can we talk about that moment yeah, just okay, for a go second? On. So, so Art Malik is uh, this kind of Bin Laden light type character who's made his way to the the US.
1: It's a bit like properly stereotypical sort. Of yeah, terrorists. it's
0: very nineties on the nose terrorist, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and he's made his way to the US with a with a kind of small army, and uh, there's a scene where he's got a nuclear weapon and he's. He's kind of burying it under the ground. He drapes it in a U.S. flag, covers it in uh, in concrete, and it's all being filmed by uh, by by one of his his men in his militia, and uh, he, and then he starts to do this huge speech about you know death to America and blah 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 blah, and he goes on and on and on, and we, then we start to see a view from inside the camera, uh, the kind of small camcorder, which incidentally was also used to film Project Power on Netflix, uh, <laughs> and. Anyway, as as we start to see inside the camera, we see the battery alert come on and <laughs> it starts flashing. Yeah. And then we see like a close up of the face of the camera operator who's holding the camera and like the beads of sweat like <laughs> dripping <laughs> and down. And he's his, shaking. Like, shaking. And then the camera just switches off. But Art Malik continues doing his speech to the camera and the camera operator continues to hold the now off camera to his <laughs> eye. He can see in his mind that he
1: doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know whether to just carry on or tell him that the exactly. battery's
0: died. And you, you, we've all been there. Like when your boss is telling you to do something and you know you fucked up <laughs> and you're like, do I just continue on with this and just pretend that, you know, the camera's later down the line, the camera's broken and try and get away with it? Or do I tell him? And he just, instead of stop saying stop, you know, he just slowly kind of shakily lowers the camera in front of him. <laughs> and the and Art Malik's like, what? What are you doing? And he's like, Bata <laughs> And Art Malik just goes, get another, you moron! Yeah. And he just runs off. He's like, they're in the truck! He's like, I don't care where they are, just get one! He um, has a
1: really bad day, that guy, though. Because oh you know it's the same guy later on, don't you? I'm pretty sure.
0: In the helicopter?
1: It, yeah. When they're in the van on the bridge and yep. there's three oh, of them the driver. Oh, the driver. And the, He's the, the driver. driver. <laughs> He's the driver. And it's teetering over the edge and they just break and then they're all laughing and it's all jovial. It's like, shit, we're going to live. This is amazing. <laughs> and then a seagull lands on the bonnet of the truck and sends <laughs> them over the edge. They're they're like, oh. it's, do it, you know what?
0: And I love the van his. fucking explodes. It, <laughs> it properly it, goes. Immediately. But I
1: love it because they're all laughing and then the minute that the signal yeah. lands on it, he just stops laughing and just <laughs> this amazing comedy face. It's, oh, it, I, I,
0: what I also love about that scene is that just before that, um, this is, by the way, this, there, are, there are two kind of Navy jets that are taking out these trucks that are leaving from this, this detonation site to get, head into mainland uh, Florida. And these two navy jets are kind of, you know, um, peppering them with with small arms fire, and they're kind of firing back. And there's one guy pulls out a rocket launcher, <laughs> and he forgets that his one of his friends is behind him, and he fires it inside the truck, and the guy goes flying out. I think he just fires it backwards by accident, because uh, his mate tries to tell him. He's like, no! no, no, no! It's the it's like the exit of the of the of the the rocket. They, oh, like, is the, it? Okay. Yeah. So it blows it blows him out. The rocket goes off, but misses, and he goes flying out. And out the front windscreen and and also we, it then cuts to our friend the cam the cameraman who's driving the, the truck and, and he's obviously extremely upset that their friends just died, but he's also smoking, like his hair is smoking, and he's, like, <laughs> he's like all blackened. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like
1: And he really like, violently runs that guy well, over. It's I'm like wildly, quite a violent uh, film, isn't it? Yeah,
0: oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of people die in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis kills more people in this movie than Arnold Schwarzenegger. I does. think.
1: I might have just been making this up because but I think when I was reading the trivia, which I'll come to in a minute, but I've got a feeling, and I didn't include this one, but the body count in this is 90. Oh,
0: okay. Where does that sit in terms of general um, James Cameron? Well, I guess a lot of people died on the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, sorry. That's no, not funny. But uh, when you look at the body count for Rambo uh, four,
0: Yep. There's 254 oh. deaths. in that. Is that the one with him on the on the back of the jeep for 30 minutes firing, <laughs> firing a firing heavy that, machine gun? Yeah,
1: the yeah the minigun thing,
0: popping people's heads like with watermelon, like watermelon.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> limbs just flying off. 254 in that. 254. Wow. Whoa. Um. That actually reminds me of the joke in Hot Shots Part Duh. Is it Part Duh? <laughs> where it, um. Where they go into the village, Charlie Sheen goes into the village, and uh, he's got the he's got like the LMG under his arm, and he's just firing it. <laughs> yeah, like and, from the hip, like uh, yeah, from the hip. waist. <laughs> yeah. and you just see like the kill count, and it's like RoboCop one, yeah. like RoboCop two, like, <laughs> yeah, Terminate. that's right, it it's a bit like it. that. Yeah, there's a, do you know, there's another scene in this that reminded me of Hot Shots. I wonder if you can guess what it is. Uh it's a it's a it's a physical comedy scene, like a kind of. Um, really out there, like Chaplin esque. I don't know, like old school physical comedy scene that is also in Hot Shots. I don't know. Okay, it's the scene towards the end when Dana, uh, Harry Tasker's daughter, jumps down onto the Harrier, and he picks her up off the crane, and he's she's like hanging on the front, and then Art Malik decides to just jump straight off, lands on top of the of the jet.
1: Oh, and slides back.
0: And yeah, and then yeah. and then and then. Uh, he decides to kind of roll the plane and like sli- and, f- and like f- flies it forward, and Art Malik does like a backflip in the air off the <laughs> top of the jet and lands balls first onto the wing at the back. Yeah, like the fin of ah, <laughs> <the> oh! <car. laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just bit crushes both of his balls. That exact that exact scene happens in Hot Shots with does it? um yeah I that. with with um, Topper Harley's dad's plane. As it's crashing, he gets out <laughs> and he fucking lands balls first on the. I can't remember what it's called, but that upright wing on the back of a jet. Yeah, um, like the fin or whatever. The fin, yeah, it lands yeah. tail, lands, ball balls first on the tail fin, and um, and I was just like, that's that's hot shots right there. <laughs> um, do you want to hear some trivia? Oh, before you do that, before you do that, can you guess what this movie's Rotten Tomatoes score was? Mm, no, where would you where would you put it? Where would you say the, what do you think the critics thought of this movie? They, don't Google it. I, I will hear your keys on the keyboard.
1: I really don't know because I don't really care what the critics think, even though we review films. <laughs> I don't think
0: it's fuck the critics.
1: Fuck <laughs> the critics. I just don't think. I don't know. You always. I don't know. Go on, tell me. Because just give me just ridiculous. give me a number. Just give me a number. seven.
0: Seven. You think you have got seven percent?
1: No, like, oh, percent-wise. Sorry, we're doing wrong. Yeah. not we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it low? Is it
0: stupidly low? 64%. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? <laughs> no, that's wrong, but close. Oh. It actually got 71%, which Ooh. I think is really fucking low. I think this is a great, great, great movie. Yeah. And it deserves way higher than that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Isn't
0: that crazy? That is. It is. Sorry, go on. You were going to say, so trivia, trivia time.
1: Some, yeah, IMDb trivia. Um, so the amazing scene where Jamie Lee Curtis is trying to get out of the limo where the driver's Brilliant. dead Brilliant. on the bridge and the Arnie and Tom Arnold are in a helicopter. Want one? Oh, Have two. <laughs> <laughs> trying to pull her out of there. Uh, do you know that that was Jamie Lee Curtis that did that?
0: I read about this.
1: Yeah. Which i think it's pretty amazing because that's that's a great stunt it was that, a good
0: i i was watching that this is what I'm talking about about this movie feeling like it's recent because this stunt you see her from like inside the helicopter down and she's hanging on the bottom of the helicopter with like the Schwarzenegger holding her and you see her face as as the 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 chopper flies over the car over the bridge and then over the ocean and it's so you good. can it's see it all behind so good. incredible yeah like the, they nailed it and actually I read that she Apparently, she refused to let a stunt person do this. Yeah, that's what. Um, I mean. And it was her birthday, the day that, she on filmed it the,
1: on, her, on that day. Yeah, yeah.
0: If it, honestly, I when I was a kid, I kind of, you kind of watch this stuff and you think, oh yeah, cool. But like watching this as a grown ass man and knowing you know how much work they have to put in these things, you know, we've interviewed stunt performers on this and so on. This that was a fucking amazing stunt, and it it, it they nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. Yeah, great show. Although in, earlier on
1: in the film, when I did notice this, in the when he's in the compound and he's breaking out and he's fighting some guys, Arnie, mm-hmm. the stunt double, I can really tell like it's a stunt double, like doing some pretty simple, like, what looks like relatively <laughs> simple combat like stuff. Yeah, it cuts to the stunt double, and it's quite noticeable actually. What well, Arnold's stunt yeah. double?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I would say this actually has a case for the better of the Arnold stunt doubles from any of his movies total recall being the example when he jumps on that train <laughs> and you see clear view that it's not Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah um but the but, but in this they did a lot of um, uh, kind of facial uh, remapping mm. and even for example when you see the Harrier flying like and you can see it's a real Harrier when it's flying to into yeah. Miami um, you can see that they've mapped Arnold Schwarzenegger's face onto the onto the pilot onto the pilot yeah yeah um, also, the horse, the horse and motorbike chase scene in downtown uh, Washington, yeah, where uh, he jumps into the fountain and runs through the fountain inside of the... it. That's him. That is you him. Can yeah. See... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah.
1: him. I knew he did the horse riding stuff, which is pretty cool. But then it was amazing because he could do the horse riding like into a fountain, but he can't like punch a guy
0: in the face. No, I you were going to say he can't punch a horse. <laughs> <laughs> he can't punch a horse in the face.
1: Um, more trivia. So. Apparently, Arnie's biggest challenge for this film was not doing all the physical stunts, because he did some of them. But It was dancing the tango. Dun,
0: dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, the, dun the final scene.
1: <laughs> <dun, dun,
0: dun. laughs>
1: Apparently, he took dancing lessons, and he rehearsed the scene for six months, that final dance scene.
0: Do you know why? Do you know why he wanted to be so good at it?
1: 'Cause he wanted to uh he wanted to be as good as Al Pacino. Oh, Scent of a Woman. Oh,
0: hoo-rah, <laughs> hoo-rah. oh You can dance the tango, you can eat the octopus and the fucking ears. You see the eight ball hemorrhages? Hoo rah! I to I'm gonna I'm gonna dance the fucking tango! I'm gonna dance the tango! Are you alright
1: today, Miles?
0: We've all got a little Al Pacino in us. <laughs>
1: Uh, according to the Guinness Book of Records, this is the first movie to have a production budget of $100 million. and it made All right, it Dr. Most... Evil. <laughs> $100 million. Uh, and it made it the most expensive movie at the time, breaking the record of also James Cameron's Terminator 2. Oh. Uh, but then... It lost this record, Link back to, was it the last episode of the Movie Math Podcast? It lost the record Order. the following year
0: to, Miles? 96. Uh, 95. Oh, 95.
1: What <gasps> film did we watch that was set in 95 that had a very large budget? <laughs> Waterworld. Waterworld, yes. So, land beaten... is not
0: a myth. I have seen it.
1: <laughs> it was beaten next the next year to the highest budget. Wow. Yeah. Um, this was also the first Hollywood movie to be released in Vietnam since the Vietnam War, which is quite interesting. Okay, okay. Uh, Jodie Foster was originally cast Jody as Foster. Helen Tasker.
0: Okay. But she was sort of uh, turned to turn down the role. No, Jamie Lee Curtis nails this. She's, she does, um, yeah. I think she's ever been better than in this movie. This is interesting, though. So Tom Arnold's role of Albert Gibson. Yeah, Gib.
1: Hey, Helen, it's Gib. There's four absolutely great people that were considered for the role. go
0: on. Steve Gutenberg. nah. John Goodman, nah. Bill Murray, Mm. Mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd, hmm.
1: Now, of all of those, I would say Dan Aykroyd would Aykroyd. Have felt the best for that. Aykroyd Guttenberg yeah. could have done a pretty good job of that. No,
0: I, I don't think he could. No, I don't think he could. No, mm. I don't think he could. Too soft. Too soft. You need yeah. someone that's. Someone that's a little bit um, cynical, you know. You need someone. He doesn't have that cynicism. Whereas, Aykroyd, yeah. cynical as fuck, also knows his shit. You know, he'd be throwing out all of the acronyms, jargon lines as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, he would. Yeah, he, you're great. You're right. He would have been. He would have done a good job.
0: The Tom Arnold crushed this. Apparently, when he he auditioned, he actually auditioned just to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger and and James Cameron. He was kind of <laughs> auditioning for a joke. Yeah. And apparently he. They did a kind of screen, a kind of chemistry test with Schwarzenegger as part of that audition, and they just got on like an absolute house on fire. Um, but the studio didn't want him; they didn't want Tom Arnold. And James Cameron actually hung his hat on Tom, Tom Arnold and said, "We want him." And the reason why the studio didn't want him is because he was going through at the time a very high-profile, um, uh, public eye uh, divorce with Roseanne Barr. Yeah, who obviously he starred uh, with on the, on the Roseanne show, um, in a kind of small roles, smaller role. So, um, that was, that was a kind of big driver for the studio. They were really concerned. He was kind of outspoken about that relationship and, uh, they, they, yeah, they went to, they went to to bat for him and they got him in the movie. And, um, I actually think a a lot of the great, there's a lot of great chemistry between Schwarzenegger and, and, uh, and Tom Arnold in this. Yeah. It's weird. Arnold and Arnold, you could say. Um, (laughs) But you know, I think there's some, there's also some really, there's just some really great moments, like the scene where you know Schwarzenegger first finds out that Helen is kind of cheating on him, and uh, and he's kind of crossing the street, and then he gets run over by a bus, and then Tom Arnold's there to kind of you know look after him and console him, and Tom Arnold who states that he's been married three times, he got cheated on in his second marriage, and blah blah blah. He's actually kind of happy. He's like, "Welcome to the club, buddy." You know, like you're finally getting cheated on. You know, it's just like this, this kind of camaraderie thing. A very lived-in character, and then he starts talking about uh, Tom Arnold starts talking about his wife who took everything in the divorce, like a really messy divorce. He's like, "What kind of a sick bitch takes the ice cube tray out of the freezer?" and (laughs) and apparently. Rose, it's a true story. And Roseanne actually took the ice cube tray out of their freezer when she moved out. Jesus. And he was telling Jim Cameron this on the set. And, and Cameron laughed at it. thought it was so funny. <laughs> but God he wanted him... Yeah, he was like, we've got to put it in. So a lot of that scene that, that uh, Tom Arnold is, is talking about is actually real. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> like his real marriage.
1: <laughs> Bloody Great. hell. I've got one final bit of trivia. The U.S. government supplied three Marine Harriers and their pilots for a fee of $100,736,000. Well, that's $2,410 an hour. That, it sounds pretty cheap, really. For a, It was worth it. It, it, it was, was worth 94.
0: it. Now it would be that they'd spend three times that just put in a uh, CGI Harrier CGI in that would look shit. There. And yeah, you'd just be right. like, that doesn't exist. You yeah. know, it's not even there. They're just looking at a golf ball. Uh, oh, stick. I've just
1: remembered in the film as well. I talking about the Harrier. I hmm. mean, Arnie appears in the building and then it peppers that, like all the terrorists with the bullets. Yeah. And then it and then he fires, oh, the end when he fi- when he says, you're fired and fires Art Malik off in a, on a on a missile that he's attached to, which is great anyway. But it's the fact that he fires him through the building and into the other
0: helicopter, which is being <laughs> full fun, of terrorists, full of terrorists. It's like, yes. Um, I don't think so. So just to go back to this point, so I was going to talk about this, but sorry. So Art, no, no. So Art Malik falls off of the, the jet as he rolls it, as only rolls it. He falls onto the missile, onto the front of the rocket. And he's kind of suspended by his like backpack or whatever, isn't he? Or his jacket or whatever. Yeah,
1: or gun strap or whatever it is. Yeah. Gun
0: strap, like on the on the rocket. And then, as you say, Arnold turns to him and says, the immortal line, You're fired. And then fucking fires him <laughs> into through the building and into the helicopter. And we see Art Malik as well through the air screaming, Aah! Yeah, You know. <laughs> um I don't think now this is this this might create a, a global war. I think that's the best Arnie one-liner of all time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think you might be right.
0: You're fired, and fires a man on a rocket through a building into a helicopter.
1: But he's also (laughs) not his boss.
0: No, no, you're right. Being a
1: terrorist isn't a job, is it?
0: (laughs) No, it's not. It doesn't really. It's not. uh, It's not not the most tangible of. It's still bloody um, great, though fucking amazing and <laughs> hilarious as well. Yeah. You you're fired and fires him on a rocket. Apparently that was one of the jokes that was left in the script from the the original joke writers. Oh, right. Kind of yeah. Yeah. Um one of the two. Um but wow, what an uh, what an amazing way to dispatch a terrorist. <laughs> Speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger one-liners, it's not so much a one-liner, but what about that weird moment when uh the nuclear explosion has just gone off. I mean, maybe you can maybe you can explain this. This scene. I know what you're going to say. So it's
1: the it's the bit where he's just reunited with uh, with his wife, and the nuclear explosion's gone off. I mean, she they nearly were, died. She was. Yeah, like, she nearly died. Yeah, they're having a romantic dog. moment. They have a kiss while the nuclear explosion's going on, and then <laughs> then it's, he's got to go find to his rescue their daughter. Dead, he's yeah, he just found out that they're. they're daughter's been kidnapped he needs to go rescue her so jamie lee curtis turns around and goes to arnie go to work and he just goes okay bye and then <laughs> runs off he just runs off like he, a kid he, that's he been told he can go really and play golly, doesn't he yeah okay bye okay, go bye. People
0: now. okay <laughs> bye he's just
1: been told with his mum that he's allowed to go out and yeah play with his it's
0: mate. like it's like he's like he's like waiting he's like please mum please mum can i go out can i go out can i go out and she goes Go do your thing. Go to work, honey. Okay, bye. And he just like runs <laughs> off. It's amazing. It's such a weird moment. Odd. Unintentionally funny.
1: Odd is the way to put it.
0: It's really, it is really odd. <laughs> it's I really it. odd. It would like, if it was in a spoof kind of movie, it would be funny. But in this, it was kind of just weird. But I don't know if they were going for laughs when they left it in or what. I I'm don't just know. glad it's there. Me too.
1: What a film.
0: Speaking of which, by the way... Visual effects. The visual effects in this were seamless. Like the Harrier jet taking off, like landing on the road with and then at the end, you know, with Dana on the front of it and it runs into the police car. Like yeah. a lot of that is visual effects it all looks from 1994 1994. Yeah. Um and it was actually nominated for an Academy Award for Visual Effects. Yeah. It's an Academy Academy Award nominated movie. Um but it lost to Forrest Gump, probably rightly, because that, yeah. that was the CGI Giant. That was the visual effects yeah. that were amazing. Um, but just what a, what a great a great movie from 1994. For one other thing, we never see Spencer Trilby again. Charlton Heston. No, like what? Like we just see him in this kind of cameo role like twice. How did he lose his eye? He's got like a little kind of Nick Fury like <laughs> eye patch. Who knows? Weird. Space. I'm going to say Space Cat. Although you might not get that reference if you haven't seen Captain Marvel. Uh, sca- uh, Space Cat scratched his eye out. That's right. Uh but yeah. Um so where does this film sit with you in terms of your favourite Arnold Schwarzenegger movies? Oh
1: way up there. Yeah. Way up there. Top five? Easy, yeah. I'd say didn't,
0: they didn't play this at the all nighter that we went to see. We did an Arnold Schwarzenegger all nighter at the Prince bit, Charles Cinema. It was a in bit London. long though, was not it? It's two hours twenty or something, isn't I it? I mean,
1: we did watch six Arnie films overnight.
0: Um can yeah. you
1: remember the running order? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try and remember.
0: Uh, Commando. Oh, was it Commando first? Started with Commando. Great start. Uh, I lied. (laughs)
1: uh, Running Man. man. Yeah, I think it was Running Man.
0: That's dry, dry, isn't it? The Running Man. Yeah. Or wasn't it Predator next?
1: No, I think it was Running Man, then Predator.
0: Then uh, Total total recall. Recall. Then T1. T1, T2. then T2. Yeah.
1: We walked out of there. We were watching T2 at like six in the morning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <at> the <end. laughs> yeah. I was, honestly, I was so happy to see him get dunked into that molten metal. At the Give end. The thumbs up.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's it's like, like, oh, giving uh, us the
0: thumbs up. Like, yeah. you've, you've done it. You did well. It. Yeah. You're the biggest freaking nerds in the world. <laughs> now get out of here and go and buy a McDonald's breakfast. <laughs> Oh, I had right. to go to Wembley that day. I had to go, I had to get up, go to Wembley to watch Spurs oh, God, lose yeah. 2-0 or something. I to, went home and um, slept. It like 4-1 or something. I can't remember what it was. I blacked it out of my memory. Yeah, you went home and slept. Yeah. But yeah, this would have been great. I, I think for me, this is uh, definitely top five. It's probably, possibly top two. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I... It's Go possibly far, top two, I
0: think. Uh, is it better than Predator? I don't know. Terminator Two yes. for me is number one without a shadow of a doubt.
1: Yeah, Terminator Two is
0: number one. Um, Easy. It's better than Predator. It is. It is. But is it? I think. It yeah, come on, no. do it. <laughs>
1: I think it's better than Predator.
0: Mm. You are one ugly mother. I don't know
1: because I always see like Arnie's films is a bit different because you've got like the the comedy like his 90s comedy like last action hero and yeah. you know junior and
0: but when Twin you're a kid when you're a kid you never you never think of like the action movies as being like different no. in terms of you know like terminator terminator 2 they're all kind of serious yeah. Do you know what i mean but even when you watch them now there are elements of comedy and like humor and yeah. do you know what i mean whereas you, you, they have a little bit more diversity but when you're a kid you're just like oh i'm watching an arnold schwarzenegger film they're all the same
1: yeah
0: okay maybe not junior not junior <laughs> junior <laughs> when Arnold Schwarzenegger gives birth.
1: Oh god! That's the most, that, talk about bad CGI. And like most horrific uh, nightmare oh. nightmare fuel. <laughs> Go and watch the uh, baby Arnie scene. Dada, <laughs> mama.
0: Yeah. Ah!
1: it's it's terrifying. It's absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for
0: reminding me. Thanks for reminding me. Oh, God. That's going to keep me awake at night. Yeah.
1: Mama. Mama. <laughs> it's so bad.
0: So, that was True Lies. Go check that one out because it's a Stone Cold classic. It's amazing. It's so good. It's funny. It holds up to this day. And if you hadn't seen it in a long time, it's worth a rewatch 100%. If you've never seen it uh, and you like action movies, you like kind of comedy action movies, check it out. It's really, really good. Um, on next week's podcast, we'll be bringing you another slice of movie and TV related podcast fun. But before then, please follow our Facebook and Instagram accounts at at MovieMouthPodcast and hit subscribe or give us a nice five star review on your podcast player of choice. There's just one last thing to say, Phil. Yes. Bye, Phil. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye.
1: Oh, uh Arnie, you um you should probably go go to work.
0: Okay. Bye!